0: as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. We are live for another unapologetically bold I'm not sorry for, and I am so blessed today to have the amazing Laura with me. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So for the people that don't know anything about you, and before we go into what you're not sorry for, can you give them just a quick background about who you are? Who Who is Laura?
1: That is a great question. I am someone who lives unapologetically. Um, who is Laura? That is a really great question. And I have had some of the most uh, exciting adventures uh, after being scared of my own shadow. Mm -hmm. And I had done 14 years in corporate, Um, halfway through I had a quarter life crisis and knew I was being called uh, for something more, something different. Uh, And so the rest of the the last 10 years have been really amazing journey of starting my own business and simultaneously finding myself. I love it, I love it. And I think that's something that
0: a lot of people don't do they don't do it. And I love, like, because I know some of the work that you do, like how much more you've given back to the world, but you's all, you have also received from the world by doing what I call as the you work. When you do the you work, it pays off tenfold. So congrats for you on that. And I think that's the, the cool thing that allows us to get into today about what you are not sorry for. So Laura, just to get go ahead and dive on in. Can you tell the world what you are no longer apologizing for?
1: I'm not sorry for letting go of my good girl ways. I'm not sorry for finding myself. I'm not sorry for going on this adventure.
0: I love it. So tell us more. How did you get to the point of, well, let's start with this. Good girl ways. What like what were some of the things I, I'm assuming from childhood, this is assumptions here, that right? just have been like inundated on with you about... <laughs>
1: being good. So I've got yeah. you did here. Yes, and I think like, you know, so many women can relate because we're really raised to be good girls and um I joke jokingly afforded as the disease to please and driven towards perfectionism not realizing till i was an adult more recently even that like perfect doesn't exist um so we're driving our lives towards external validation to please others to um, put others needs and wants ahead of our own and what that looked like and for me it was someone that didn't even know themselves like mm-hmm. i remember that soul crushing feeling of feeling I was in the wrong life, but I didn't even know where to start. And I was worried I was going to make the wrong first move, that mistake, right? That paralyzing fear of making a mistake because, oh my gosh, then I'm not perfect and everyone's going to know.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. and I think it's so imperative because it's like growing up, not that Barbie's bad, but it's like, oh, you're the Barbie. Like we need to be like Barbie, like life's perfect. And it's a fairy tale. And like, if you walk the perfect path, your knight in shining armor is going to come and save the day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does not happen. So where, like, where were you at or what experience? We maybe have a story of whenever you were like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with being a quote unquote, good girl. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm letting that down. Where was that moment for you?
1: You know, the really big moment was starting my business and how that kind of evolved from a side gig to um, leaving corporate, which was like the scariest thing I can ever think to do. Um, And so, you know, I'm in my first week, I'm in my business and I had no idea what to do and I was paralyzed. I like binge watch Netflix and I got to the end of the first week and I realized that if something didn't change, like... There is no business. I'm going back to corporate and I just knew that I didn't want to do that. And really kind of reflecting on that. It's like you have all these ideas. Um, you have all these skills, you have all these people wanting to like work with you and really trying to figure out what that was about. And honestly, like I've spent so much of my life being told what to do and asking for permission that it was like I really was almost kind of waiting for like, okay, now go do this next. And <laughs> in your own business, that doesn't happen. No, no. And I think it's funny. I
0: was talking to somebody the other day about that. And it's like, it's like whenever you first have a kid or the first time you get like whenever you get married or whatever it is, it's like, there's this proverbial like experts will tell you what to do and how to do it right. There is no manual. There's no manual to having kids. There's no manual to owning a business. There is no manual. There's best practices, but we're all unique. We all have our own way of doing things. It may work for some, but it may not work for others. And so I think the important thing is that Mm self-realization. So from there, fast forward to now, how has eliminate, or I won't say eliminating, but working through the people-pleasing, working through the ask for permission, wait for that aspect. How has that changed from day one owner to now you've been in the business for a while?
1: You know, the confidence piece of really figuring out who you are and what your values are and having, and for me, there was that piece of it at the beginning where it was a lot of the external validation. And, and I remember um, I won an award a few years back um, after starting my business. And thinking that like, oh my gosh, I made it. And I had a realization not too long after that, that was like, I didn't need that award. I didn't need that validation. Like I'm good at what I do. I'm able to help people in their businesses and to build their confidence. And so, well, I really appreciate that having gotten that it's, I look at it so much different that it's like, If you're not getting the words, if you're not getting the praises, you know, you're doing what God put you here to do. And you know, you're Mm -hmm. honoring that call and all the people's lives that it's allowed me to, you know, lives and businesses that it's allowed me to touch.
0: And I think that's extremely important today. Um, I put it on LinkedIn, but there was somebody, long story short, somebody sent me something and wanted me to look at his work and just some perspectives from a sports sock side because I love sports psychology and do some work with some universities and colleges. (laughs) And he's like, what do you think? I was like, well, the dude's awesome. Loved his work, but he said, he said this statement that drove me insane. He said that whenever you're at the top of the mountain, you know, it's harder there because there's less oxygen. I'm like, no, there's actually the same amount of oxygen. We always have the same amount of oxygen. It's always there. It's the pressure's different. There's actually lower pressure Mm -hmm. at the top of the mountain. And so, and that's what's peaking here with what you're saying is that whenever you get that validation, if you're not careful on your journey up the mountain and you're not self-aware that, hey, I have to have these pressures that are coming in, but the pressure change of like, I finally made it and I need this validation if you're not careful it can literally kill you like it will kill mm-hmm. people because it, it uh, they may have inflated egos but they don't have inflated lungs yeah and they can't get to the another mountain and it's that confidence that is very important but also with a self-awareness so for you when or what advice or invitation would you give to people or women or just anybody in general a business leader that is going up that mountain and it's like dang it another climb after another climb mm-hmm. and how confidence in letting go of some of these ways that we feel like we have to be and being unapologetically bold how important is that
1: I think it's huge. I think that just knowing yourself and what you're able to accomplish. And, you know, I think of that mountain, you climbing that mountain and it takes resilience and it takes grit and grace. And what is that that is motivating you? And what is that, that, especially now where we are in the world, like what is your meaning and purpose? And Mm -hmm. what is getting you out of bed in the morning, you know, to climb that mountain and and to be an inspiration for all the people's lives that you touch. Yes, I love that so much.
0: And I think it's important, like you said, to to find your, in essence, this is how I hear it, is finding your why, knowing your motivation and knowing what's going to get you there. Yeah. And for you, I know that you talk a lot about confidence and it makes me think of a book that I've been reading, The Year of Yes by Mm -hmm. Shonda Rhimes. Best book. Literally, it's hilarious and it speaks so many truths in there. So if you want a good book, that is it. But some of the things that she talks about is there was an award ceremony and basically all the women had an issue with accepting the award. They would either dismiss it Mm -hmm. it, or it would be like, oh, don't don't say me or they would undermine it. And it was like Mm -hmm. her thing was to say yes thank you and just the tip, like just show that confidence she calls it badassery and so she wants to have badassery and and be like she does with her show gladiator you know be a gladiator be a gladiator have badassery but it's that confidence that it seems like a lot of people lack
1: no matter if you're a male or a female Mm -hmm. how do you step into that well, and I I think that, you know, sharing that story, that receiving praise, like that is so hard for so many of us. And so I think really having to um, have those conver- internal, that internal dialogue where you are gentle on yourself. And then I think there's a piece of it too, where celebrating your hard work, like letting yourself receive that, but then You know, the big wins like an award, but even some of the small stuff, like thinking about it at the end of your day. Like, I know um, as I'm falling asleep, I'll be thinking of this and grateful for an opportunity to connect. And, you know, even though I flubbed a little in the beginning, like we're just, we're zipping along here. And, Mm -hmm. and just kind of being, you know, receiving that and accepting that and celebrating, um, trying something new, connecting with someone, making a new friend and, and all those pieces of what that. the the lessons that we learn every day if we're we're willing to do that. And I think that's important
0: too, the gratitude aspect of it, but also to find the positive because also here's the thing. We can get reports back about how we've done. And and like this, like I know that you're going to say a million things that you've done positive through this. I know that I can be able to say it, but as somebody that I know for me that I've, with perfection, I
1: mm-hmm. say I'm
0: a recovering addict, failing daily at it, but it's like we stick to that one time where we screwed up, that one time we messed up, instead of going to the next step and seeing the good and focusing on the good. So I think that's important that you touch on gratitude. And I loved it to, to put that a little bit more because some people are like, well, that's a good girl way, but is it, is it either good or bad? It's just it's who you are, it's who I am, and I see the benefit of it. So I'd love for you to talk more about how gratitude has helped you in this experience of becoming the full you that's unapologetically bold.
1: I think it's been huge because, you know, if you aren't grateful for what you have, how can you um, ask and receive more? And that you've been a good steward of the gifts that you've been given. Like, to me, I think that that's really important to know that even in in the days where I maybe don't feel like getting out of Bed, to know that like the greater god and and really that that purpose and meaning but to really be focused on we do have so many things and so many ways that we can impact others and just um having that focus on you know a gratitude practice and they've even done studies that uh, my alma mater—they did a study. Like, if you say three or write down three gr- things you're grateful for every day, and you do it for a month, it like boosts your happiness. But like, I think it's like ten or twenty percent, but like significantly. Yeah, and it, it's
0: extremely important for me to to find the grad too, because what it helps me do is when it brings me self awareness of there is good. It what we say is kill the ants, automatic negative thoughts. It helps me to control them. And I even had this conversation with my husband last night. He doesn't listen to this. And so I joke with him. I'm like, if you actually listen, you'd hear how many times I talk about you. But the thing is, is that we talked about how our sphere of influence is so important. And lately, for me, it's been to like a bigger level as I'm continuing to grow. The negativity, if you surround yourself with negative people, you will be negative. You, you yeah. do what you're around. I always joke, if you, you're around nine broke people, you're about to be the 10th one. So if you're around nine negative people, you're going to be the 10th one. You are your sphere of influence. And it's very hard to get away from that physiologically. There's tons of reasons also. Yeah. But talk about that. Connecting with the right people as well in this process of learning who you are, because mm-hmm. I never think it's a one man job. I always think this is this is a team effort, but you got to have the right team on board. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It's so important. There's a quote that says like you are the sum of the five people that you spend your most time with. And I think that that is absolutely true. Like, are you being with the people that are cheering you on? Are you that are you know, encouraging you that are maybe having the hard conversations with you and that, you know, that you have similar values and to be able to grow together. And then, to you know, I always think that, you know, the people that we have in our lives, it's like a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And so there yeah. are people, and I know as I've grown, and I always joke like 10 years in, I'm just getting started. <laughs> and But I mean, there have been people where it's like, I can't be a good friend to you. You're not a good friend to me right now. And so um, you know, we're, we're able to spread our energy and our love and to be able to impact and and have those season or lifetime friends with friendships or relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, <laughs>
0: that, but it's so true too, that I didn't grasp this until my, like I'm in my early thirties. I didn't just grasp, I didn't grasp this until literally right now, my, my third, like 30, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know if it's the thing of changing 30 mm-hmm. or as I say it's purpose and passion. This is the basically the 10 years that purpose mm-hmm. and passion is huge, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. It is something that I want to make sure that I walk out in integrity and knowing my values and getting to the next level so that I can say, hey, this is something I want to do. This yeah. is something that can help grow me, but also the reciprocal of it. It helps my clients.
1: Mm-hmm. It's always helped my clients. Like, yeah.
0: And I think that's something I'd like to talk about for a minute on how us growing ourselves is a, the the respirosity effect. Like it affects people tenfold. That's around us too, or the ripple effect. Some people will say, mm-hmm. "How have you seen you learning who you are have a ripple effect of the people you are around?"
1: i think that it's helped other people to push past their fear and you know some of the stories i've told like honestly if you told me 10 years ago here's this life that you can have but oh by the way you have to tell some of your darkest deepest secrets that you never want to say publicly um but i know like the first time i had to tell i talk i'm also a motivational speaker and i talk about um when i was a teenager i was sexually molested by my next door neighbor and the first time i had or wanted, I needed to tell my story publicly. Um, at the end of it, a woman had waited to come up and talk to me, and she said the same thing happened to me. And she gave me mm. a big and mm. just she, thank, you, thank you for sharing that because we think that we're so alone in these hard times. And so then I always think of it like my little my little turtle, like I pull me head in my you know arms and stuff into that shell. But we just need each other, like to be able to have the community and the support and know that we're not alone and know that it's not our fault and that we didn't do anything bad and it's nothing to be ashamed about. Like it's something that happened to me and it was hard and I've been working through it, but it's part of how I'm so resilient. It's part of why I'm so successful because I'm stubborn and I'm committed to this this way of
0: life. I love it. And that's the one thing I talk a lot about as well as some of my, I call it my season of suck. And it was, and it's not just one thing. It's another, it's like one after another, after another, you know, and it's things you wouldn't wish on your worst, night, like your worst enemy. But the thing is, is weird enough. I have gratitude for it because it has put me to where I am. Yeah. And my son who is nine asked me the other day, what days would you change in your life, mom? Wow. So <laughs> and, oh I know, right? Um and I could think about some of the the hell days. Like I still don't think I would change that. Like mm-hmm. I could think of changing like my seventh grade picture of whenever I was wearing like these bottled like glasses, like maybe <laughs> that. But these, <laughs> <I have> a, <laughs> well these nightmare stories that I've I I've I've dealt with and I've lived through. Yeah, I don't think I would have as much gratitude and be as resilient or be as knowledgeable or wise as I am, if it did not happen. So, but the, I think that the important thing is how many people don't tell their story because they think it's going to show as if they are no longer a good girl. Like that was literally my story. Is like, I'm the good girl. I'm teaching Bible study. Oh, I got pregnant out of wedlock. You know, we don't do that. Mm-hmm we hide ourselves we put masks behind ourselves and they are so fake Mm -hmm. they're so fake so let's talk about that for a minute whenever you can proverbially take that mask off and be you Mm -hmm. how (laughs) freeing
1: is it to be you yeah it it is like in and to me it's been the way to combat to combat my fear to do something that's been you know so scary that was a secret I kept for so long. And then you keep one big secret and it it reinforces that like that's how you should go through life is, you know, and then there was the disconnect from self. You know, mm-hmm. that there was that part of it. And I think that being able to be brave, like Renee Brown talks about it a lot, but it's like you either like own your story and live the lessons and are inspiring other people. Or you're hustling for your worth and you're wearing that mask and you're dying a slow death inside because you're not letting anybody in. You're not letting anybody know the true you. And, and that, again, like is something that erodes confidence when you don't show up as yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's important, too, for leaders that are listening to this or parents that are listening to this. No. Of course, there's right age, and right maturity level for people to hear. But what stories are you not telling because it may show that you're a human? Yes, you don't have to go into deep, dark secrets, but there are probably something that you have. I'd always talk about it's like the unsaid rule about being a mom. Like we Mm -hmm. have to act like we have it all together. (laughs) Like, or being a wife. You like, no, like this thing, this thing is jacked up. We have fights Mm -hmm. all the time. I fight with my kids. I screw up all the time. Mm -hmm. But oh. (laughs) I have the mom of the year award, you know, why do we have to be like that? Why do you think people are so afraid to be unapologetically bold?
1: I think that it goes back to kind of like what we're conditioned to be. And our society particularly has pushed so much pressure on women to get married and have kids and then you have to be like the best mom and the best wife and and for a lot of people the best employee the best (laughs) like you need like 30 hours a day just to get half the stuff you're supposed to get done and I think too it's like we put labels on people and we, Mm -hmm. we value like, you have kids, you're more valued than the woman that doesn't, or you're married, you know, like, and that's just even, and that was something I had to work with. And part of my quarter life crisis is that I thought, you know, 25, I thought I'd have, oh, by, you know, be married, and by 30, have kids. And like, oh my gosh, none of any of the societal norms, the expectations, like, none of those happened anywhere near the timeline I thought. Like, we were talking before we got on, but I just got married a year ago in my 40s. <laughs>
0: And that's so true. Is that we put these expect or we well, in essence, we could put the expectations on ourselves. Most of the time, we do. Yeah. And and I think that's important to note. Um, An amazing person. His name's Andy Bass. He helps with the Pirates um, as a mental skills coach. He said something the other day that just we nerd out about things. So if you're a nerd and love to nerd out, especially about things called like cognitive entrenchment, Mm -hmm. Um, but what that is is in essence. You entrench, or oh, this is how I perceive what it is. You entrench yourself in your your cognition, which is your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you examine them. Are they true? Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, diving down why do you believe the way the way that you yeah. do? And until you get to that core of like, oh, mm-hmm. I truly, truly believe that. Then you can hold on to it as a core value and you can mm-hmm. truly go to the next step with it. But it's yeah. that cognitive entrenchment of analyzing to say, ooh, am I thinking this way because I put the expectation of perfection on me? Yeah. Could it be that maybe some part of our school system where we always had to be like, we were compared like 4.0 mm-hmm. student to 3.0. And if you didn't get that certain standard or you didn't hit the mm-hmm. score on this test, or could it be our parents and some of the things that they said for us mm-hmm. and they cheered us for our grades there's so many things. There's so yeah. many things that make us who we are. There's so many experiences that make us who we are. So exploring them. And so I think that's the invitation I want to have for you um, to, to give to, to the audience is If you could ask them to explore anything, what would be like one of like your top three things that you ask them to like look, seek, find for with their selves to be unapologetically bold?
1: I think that you know getting to the core of who are you like I used to have a sticky note on my door that every time I would leave it said how do I want to show up Mm. because I really wanted that thought as like the last thing as I'm leaving and I'm going but like how am I honoring myself and if I'm not honoring myself why and like you said really thinking about that like what is the facts and what is the fiction right like you know I know like through values work and things like that but you know people that are you know maybe um you know exploring like religion spirituality politics like what were you told to believe versus what you actually believe and and some of that I'm still navigating right now and and so it's it's this uh, evolution of who we are. Um, but, but your call, like just really encouraging people to, um, even if it's like 5% more yourself, but have those conversations, you know, with curiosity and compassion, but don't shy away from the opportunity to really deeply connect with people and to let them see who you are. And then mm-hmm. if they meet you there, great. If not, thank your people. amen Amen to that one
0: I think that's important but it's also hard truth yeah like stepping away from those people that you have been with your entire life as a school or maybe because of family or maybe what and stepping back and saying hey I love you but I love you at a distance yep (laughs) that that's very difficult but still something that is it's so needed more than ever. So I would greatly, this is such an amazing talk, Laura. So we're right. Getting close to our time. I do want to ask you this final question for people that are apologizing for letting go of their good girl ways or letting go of their, their good ways or whatever ways that they have put on themselves. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? Sorry,
1: not Sorry. (laughs) Um, but just, you know, being you, like you bring so much value and love, and you're exactly what the world needs. And to really own that and to like yourself first, and then you'll be able to show up and attract the right people in your lives and the right opportunities.
0: I love it. I agree so much. And I'm blessed beyond measure that you came on today. And I know that people have also had to get something from this. So thank you so much for your time and everybody that is